during the Christmas season, one of our favorite things to do to decorate, or for most Christians, is to set out the nativity. Our, our kids took the stage this past Sunday night. They'll do, uh, the older kids will take the stage tonight. And last week, they, they set up this nativity, and one of the kids went and hid uh, that image of Jesus, that the baby and, and the manger, and hid it, and the whole thing was, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Where have we put Jesus? Very creative. Uh, perspective of making us think. It was very good. But we often have that season that we set out the nativity and we look at it and you have baby Jesus smack in the middle of it and left and right you have Mary and Joseph. And it's not that we worship Mary and it's not that we worship Joseph, but you cannot deny the fact that God placed them there. I mean, the, the angel, the worship, the wise men, the gifts, all of that and smack in the middle of that is Jesus. And chosen vessels left and right of Mary and Joseph. Have you ever wondered why God chose them? Out of millions of people that God reached out and says, he's the one, she's the one. Out of all the people, why them? God chose Mary and of course God never makes mistakes and I wanted to go back just a little bit about what we were looking at as we cry out to God and we say, God, I, I, I want to be used. And I'm, I'm going I'm to answer the question of why God chose Mary and Joseph. But we all have that in our hearts. God, I want to be used. Lord, I look at that and I think, man, to usher in salvation and to introduce salvation to the point where he went to the cross and saved all of us. And we'll, in three months from now, it's hard to believe that we'll be celebrating Easter and and March and lifting up Jesus Christ on the cross and doing all that. That's why Jesus was born. But that entire journey, God says, you'll never see all that until you grab a hold, you embrace the journey that I'm going to take you on to get there. We'll go back to the book of Luke and we'll stay primarily there in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. And I want to recap just a little bit. And the Bible says, And the angel said under here, Fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And I, as I mentioned last week, God turned their world upside down. I mean, everything changed them that moment. And we cannot embrace the journey without embracing the changes and the challenges that God brings into our life, because you cannot have one without the other. You cannot have the blessing of the manger without God making changes in Mary and Joseph's life. Impossible. Let me bring it home to you. You will not experience the mission, the glory, the purpose that God has brought you into the world unless you allow God to step into your life and to make changes and allow you to face challenges that you are not expecting. And Christians today fail at this and we're not accomplishing you saying why isn't God doing more and why isn't God changing America because we have churches filled with people that say make it easy make it convenient open it up let me see what's coming and I'll surrender but we're not going to do it if I have to step out by faith and trust God for every single step so here's what God requires of us if you are to embrace the journey Number one, embracing the journey requires surrender. 
I'm in a read, and you don't have to turn there. In Matthew 121, when Jesus said, And she shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And then he goes on to say, this is the reason why. Mary, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you with a baby. I'm going to give you the Son of God. I'm going to bring into your life blessings. Mary even said, nation and generation to generation shall call me blessed. And God says, yes, that's right. But that child that I am giving you is not yours. The blessings that I'm going to bring into your life. Mary, I'm glad that you're so excited about this and you're excited about having this baby, but that baby is being born to save his people from their sins. Not yours. This single point that we're going to study right now can change your entire year in 2016. You sit there and say, Lord, I want the best year that I've ever had. Lord, I want to see you do amazing things. Lord, I want to see change in my life. God says, all right. This is what it requires. This is why I, I chose Mary. This is, this, is, this is everything right here. Luke 1, 38, it's found. And Mary said, and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. The word behold, Lord, means, Lord, look, see Gaze upon me, Lord, look at me. And that word handmaid means servant. When God laid it out there, she turned and said, I am your servant. I'm yours. I I, I don't get it all. I I don't have it all laid out. I don't know what's going to happen. I I have no idea how you're going to turn this around. I don't know how you're going to fix all these problems. But she started off saying, God, all of this is yours. We can say it with our lips, but she proved it with her actions. God cannot use us to his fullest without us having complete surrender to God. True surrender is total surrender of yourself. That means God has the right to change your path, to change your plans. God was telling Mary, he said, all right, this is great, but this is what I'm going to need. Mary, I'm glad you're going to bring forth this baby and I'm going to bring you to Bethlehem and you're going to have this, but I need your time. I need your talents. I need your gifts. I need your abilities. I need everything that you have. I need your home. I need your relocation. I have to have your future. I have to have everything that is in your life. I cannot do in your life what I want to do with Jesus unless you're willing to give me everything. She could not have come back and said, Lord, I'll do whatever, but I'm not willing to relocate. Well, then I, I, I made a promise that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. You've got to relocate. I'm not doing that, Lord. I, Lord, I, I, t- I tell you what, I want to do this, but there is no way that I'm giving up my house. Lord, I'm, I'm not giving up my time. I said, I can't do it. Mary, I can't use you without total surrender. You stop for a minute and think about this. Have you ever thought that nothing in this story makes sense? Now, I, I know we've heard it so often that it makes sense to us because that is the story. But if you go back in time and you think about what God was doing, it is actually the opposite of what we think should happen. So meaning that if you're one of those people that sit there and say, well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. God said, I couldn't use you then. Because everything that I'm going to do along the way is going to flip your thinking upside down. You, you think about it. God, God called Mary and Joseph, who was a carpenter and a handmaid, to be the parent 
of a king. God, God who possessed all the riches of the world was born to the poorest of families. God, who was the king of kings and lord of lords, sitting on the throne of heaven, was brought and laid in a stable, wrapped in rags, laid among animals, worshipped among the lowest of society, which was the shepherds. You tell me what part of that makes sense. We sit back and say, well, that's a Christmas story. Well, they didn't know the Christmas story. They were the Christmas story. (laughs) Every bit of this, it's like, Lord, I, I, you can imagine Joseph saying, I, I don't have a crib, honey. I, I don't want to, well, let's, let's use this manger here. Let's use this, hey, bring the animals around. Let's warm it up in here. Nothing in the story made sense. Let me tell you guys right now, if you're waiting for your life to make sense before you surrender your life to God, it's not going to happen. And some of you look at your life and say, man, I, I, when I get all this straightened out, God's saying, what are you going to straighten out? I, I, I called you with what you have. I want to use what you got. I want to take you as you are. And you're waiting on what? You know, why did God choose Mary? Even Mary was taken back. If you see her prayer and her cry out to God of her praise in Luke 1, 47, and she said, my spirit hath rejoiced in my God, my Savior. For he hath regarded, that word means to gaze upon or notice the low estate of his handmaiden. That word low estate means the poor condition of this handmaiden. She's sitting there going, you talk about poor. Lord, Lord, I have nothing to give to you. Lord, I, I, you want me to do all this. Where am I going to get the money? Lord, I, I don't have what you need to usher in salvation to the world. I don't have all of that. Lord, this is all I've got. And God said, that's what I'm looking for. Do you realize that that is what God is looking for? If you think to use, be used of God, you've got to walk out of here and go change your life and go gain possessions and gain all these things. God's saying, that's not what I'm looking for. I chose you because of what you have already. Mary's praise was that God noticed a nobody. He goes on and says, For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty have done to me great things, and holy is the name. Let me just lay it out. God does great things through surrendered saints. God does great things through poor people. People that have nothing in their lives that are literally just saying, but you can have what I've got. You can take what is here. You can take every bit of it and you can change it and you can move it and you can mold it and you can take over it. You can transform it. God, what? it's not much, but it is yours. And God said, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I need to change the world. Because Mary, with that attitude and that heart, generation to generation to generations will call you blessed. Because of her surrendered heart. God did not walk through the parking lot today. Decide who he's going to use. For his honor and glory. He didn't walk past a Mercedes Benz. And walk past this SUV. And this 2016 car. Sitting out in the park. He, He didn't walk through there and say wow. They have it all together. 
God's not choosing his servants according to the cost of your suit or the style of your Nikes. God does not work in that way. And although we might look on the outward appearance and say, wow, that's somebody that's doing something for God. God says, no, I'm looking for somebody that's hands raised up saying, God, all that I have, I give to you. So let me just say with that, what's your excuse? You sit there and say, well, I don't have an education and I don't have, you, you do a study on Mary. I promise you, she, the women during that day, they didn't have an education. She didn't have money. She didn't have possessions. She didn't have, she had nothing. It's almost like God said, find me the most humble person that has nothing of themselves and let me make them great. This blows me away. Luke 1 verse 30. Let me me show you this. I, I don't know what transpired before this. But I can imagine in Mary's heart there was a prayer because of the verse that we're just about to read. Of her prayer, it was daily, Lord... I have no idea what you want to do with my life. And Lord, I don't know how you can use what I've got, but it's yours. Imagine laying in bed with tears in her eyes saying, Lord, I just want to be a vessel. Lord, I just want to be yours. In Luke 1.30, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. It's almost like, you know what you were looking for? You're about to get. You know what you were crying out for? You know what you wanted so bad? Church, let me, let me ask you right now. Don't raise your hand. Don't, don't try to pretend. Don't be all spiritual and holy right now. In the heart of your heart, in the middle of your heart, down in the depths of who you are, what do you really want? What do you really want? Now in church, we can sit there and say, I want the world to be saved, and I want Jesus to be glorified. And God says, that, that sounds good with your lips. I know. God looks down at her heart and says, man, I know what she truly, honestly, with all of her being wants in her life, is to be consumed and used with the power of God. See, we can say these things, and yet we struggle even fitting God into our Sundays. We can say this, and yet we don't give God our time to serve Him. The mission does not even fit in our finances or in our budgets Our wallet is not pulled out when it comes to the vision of the church or the mission that God has given us around the world. And yet we'll still stand there with our lips and say, God, I'm all yours. And God says, stop pleasing me with your lips and start pleasing me with your actions. Your being, your treasure. God said, for where your treasure is, that's where I'm going to find your heart. For where you invest and what you give and what you love and what you do. And... Bible says in Luke 138, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And God says, Then here we go. Jump forward to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Let me tell you, surrender is action. You're going to see just God saying, Man, I'm glad you surrendered. Mary said, Here am I. And God said, I see your heart. I'm going to do this. But here we go. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. He said, man, that's bad timing. How often do we do that? Lord, this is horrible timing. You know, it's like, Lord, I, this is a horrible time to lose my job. Have you ever lost your job and said, man, this was great timing? <laughs> man, this, well, we got evicted. That was perfect timing. Yeah, that, this could not have come at a better time. We don't say that. See, the thing you have to get in the story that God's doing is God's saying, my timing is always perfect. 
every bit of this story was God saying, my timing is always perfect. And all of a sudden, it came to pass that when she was nine months pregnant, great with child, that they had to move and the taxing was first made with Cyrenius, the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every man into his own country. This was God's relocating them. This is God saying, okay, you're doing what, willing to do whatever? Here we go. And Joseph went also into Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth in Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. You say, why? Let me tell you, because it was part of his plan. Because it was part of his plan. God made a prophecy that this would happen. Verse 5, to be taxed with his spouse wife. Now here it is, women, underline this. Being great with child. How many of you have ever went on a trip and traveled with a pregnant woman? Raise your hand right now. Okay. How many of you have been that pregnant woman? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. I'm going to be very cautious with what I say right now. But I have done that. And it was like traveling with an angel. Okay. Your experience might have been a little different. I'm not... Jen and I moved to Columbus 1,000 miles in a U-Haul truck, pulling uh, our car and everything else with her being like three months pregnant or something like that. I, something like that. I don't know. But anyways, I remember she had morning sickness. I do remember that very vividly, that she had morning sickness. <laughs> do you realize that this trip was not only the fact that she was almost nine months pregnant or wherever she was at in this, it was on a donkey, a smelly, bumpy, not comfortable, no heated, well, maybe, that's kind of heated seats. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> on a donkey, I, I looked it up and different people say the distance of it is like 80, 80 miles or 90 miles or whatever it would have taken depending on how fast they went. I'm sure they weren't going fast. Five, seven, eight, nine days, depending on the, you know, on the distance and, and how they did it, things like that. Here's the point of this. The journey that she was surrendering to God was not an easy journey. And a lot of times we have the idea, as long as God is with me, I shouldn't endure any kind of problems. <laughs> as long as this is a God thing, then everything should, Lord, should part the waters and everything should fall in place. I guarantee you around mile marker 46, she's not thinking that. Joseph, how much longer? Honey, we're about a third of the way there. Third of the way? I mean, she was the mother of Jesus. She was great with child. Just underline that. Great with child. And she didn't get it all. You can imagine going through her mind. She's got all that time to think. And she's, you know how women hold that baby as as it's in her stomach and, and think and pray and love and just all these things. And she's thinking now, God said that this baby would save his people from their sins. I don't get that. I, mean, I, mean, I don't doubt that God couldn't do that. I don't doubt because of the prophecy that we have and things like that, but they didn't have it all figured out. Wait a minute. The way that we have forgiveness of sins is well, we, we sacrifice the lamb. Lord, I don't understand. If my, how's my son going to do what that lamb does? I don't think she got it. I don't think most of us get it. What's required of what God gives us. True surrender is not only surrendering all of you, but true surrender is surrendering all that you have. See, this is where it gets difficult. For God said, unless you're willing to deny yourself and take up your cross, you cannot be my disciple. 
God, God literally saying, what you have in your life and the thing that I put into your life, it's not yours. You guys, the areas that we struggle with the, the most is, is our treasures. And let's just hit it home. Really, it's, it's our kids and our family. And it's like, I, I, I've had people called off the Bible college or called to be a missionary or whatever. And then just like, mom and dad, talk them out of it. Can I tell every mom and dad here, that child does not belong to you. We sit there and say, Lord, I'm surrendered. And God said, it's not yours. God bless you with a house. And God says, that house does not belong to you. Your life. Jason pausing in and up saying, God brought cancer to my life to do something for his glory. You know why? Jason Paulson's life belongs to God. Until you get to that point where you say, God, I trust you completely. Or Lord, I don't get it. But Lord, I know that you have a plan. That's a, that's a hard thing to understand. You'll never get it until you get close to God like Jason was illustrating. Her child was not hers. If you read in the story, verse 6, and it it was so that while they were there and the days were accomplished that she should be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son. I hope you wrap your mind about that. Don't, Don't ever just breeze over that. That was her baby. She carried that baby for nine months there's no greater bond in the world than a mother and a child, especially that firstborn. And you just sit there and say, she didn't just have the baby and say, all right, Lord, do what you want. And you just say, well, that's what she was doing in practice. But I tell you, there's still our flesh that sits there and says, Lord, this is my baby. I, I know he's the savior of the world, but when he cries, I hold him. When he's cold, I, I, I cuddle him. When he's scared, I pick him up. Lord, this is my baby. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid them in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. There was no room on purpose. See, once again, every bit of this was ordained by God. And you can imagine, and she was saying, Lord, I, I thought forgiveness of sins came through the sacrifice of a lamb, but you're going to forgive our nation through my baby? You can imagine, and I don't know what it was like, but to lay down that baby and to step back and have that baby in the midst of a group of lambs. A group of other animals that were used as sacrifice, not even realizing the symbolism. Through that entire thing that that baby was born to die, that blessing was given to her to glorify God. It was never hers. It was always God's. He realized that in, to, in order to embrace the journey and for God to do great things in our life, you have to take your hands off of the blessings that are in our life and realize they're not for us and they're all for Him. You want to start off 2016 and make a difference. You realize, God, all that I have, what do you want to do with it to use for your honor and glory? Well, let's keep reading. It hits home. Still not even to where she gets it, but it still hits in Luke chapter 2, verse 34. And they went to the temple and Simeon was there and Simeon was promised by God that he would not pass so he saw the promised child and Simeon blessed them. But notice these words and I'm going to come back to this later as we close out the service. And said unto Mary his mother. Now let me ask you this. There was two people there. It was Mary and Joseph. This statement was addressed directly to Mary. And said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel. For a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, Mary, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. 
that the thoughts of many hearts might be revealed. You can imagine as Mary is hearing those words that she's holding Jesus just a little bit closer. Maybe even a tear in her eye and thinking, Lord, what does that mean? What what, what do you mean, Lord, that I'm going to be so broken over my child? She didn't get it. She was the mother of Jesus. She loved that child, but that child was born to be the sacrifice for us. The Lord fills our lives with blessings. And the question is, do we hoard the blessings that God gives to us? Or do you understand that every good gift and every perfect gift that comes from above is given to us for us to give to His purpose? Every bit of it. And then we sit back and we wonder why God doesn't bless us. Do you think, let me just ask you guys, you say, wow, this was great because Mary raised her child to be the sacrifice. You can imagine if somewhere along the line, God looked in her heart and says, you know, if I bless you with that baby, you sit there and say, I'm going to raise this baby for myself. God says, I can't use you. How often does that happen in churches today where God pours blessings in our life and we sit there and say, well, I'm keeping this to myself. God, this is mine. Lord, I work hard, and Lord, I can't give this up. And Lord, you just don't understand. God says, you don't get it. I can't do the great things until you let go of what I've given you. It would be a different message. I'm two points. Let me tell you, embracing the journey requires surrender from us. But here's the second. It requires faith. means to totally trust God no matter what. Means when God tells you to do something and you don't get it and you don't understand and you don't know how it's going to go, you do it anyways. I, I want to walk you through this story and realize that whole thing about how sometimes life just simply does not make sense. Mary and Joseph didn't know how all this was going to work out. It would be a lot easier to follow God if God just said, listen here, you're going to encounter no problems It's all going to work out. Your finances are going to be great. You're you're never going to struggle. You're never going to, if that's the way it was, man, we'd be like, woohoo, let's do this. Or whatever you want, let's do it. But the thing is, God cannot use us. Church, God cannot use us without us walking by faith. Without faith. God said it is impossible to please him. Impossible. Impossible. And I wonder why so often we're not pleasing God like we should. Because God says, here's the thing. Faith is an action. Faith is not just telling people that God can do anything and telling people that God is able. So God put them in the middle of this story. Just back up. Luke chapter 1 verse 37. I I need to interject something here so you see this. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, in the middle of this whole announcement that what God is going to do and how God's going to provide and how the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and all these things. Luke 1, 37, here's the thing. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, they were talking about her aunt being great with child herself and bringing forth John. But in this passage, God's telling Mary and says, whoa, 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 Lord, this doesn't add up. Along this journey of faith, what means is God says every day you're going to encounter something where you're going to step back and say, honey, this is just impossible. Lord, I, God, I, I know you've called us to do this, but Lord, if you don't mind just taking a break for a minute because we've encountered something that we don't know what to do. We'll get back to you when we figure this out. I think I'm joking. That's what we all do. 
We, we sit there and God's saying, yeah, I know I put that there. Hey guys, I put that there. You didn't want to hear that, did you? No, God, God does that all through the journey. Because if everything in your life was something you could handle, you'd never know that God could do the impossible. The only way that you're ever going to experience that God can do the impossible is for him to place the impossible into your life. Impossible situations are given to us by God. Yeah, that really stinks, I know. Because now we have to look at it, rather than complaining about it, we have to say, thank you, God, now what, what, what are we going to do with this? But we'd rather complain about, Lord, I'd, I'd rather get upset. See, let me show you what God did, and we'll finish up with this. She had to have faith in God's protection. When, you, when you're going forward and you have the most precious things in your life, going all the way back to Luke one thirty four, when Mary said unto the angel, how should this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, I didn't go into this last week, and I was planning on going to this week, but let me, let me express this to you. They were still under the law. Can I tell you guys that a woman that is unmarried, that is with child, what the law said to do with them? They were to be stoned. So God walks in there and says, You're, I'm going to give you a task. And just so you know that when you say, Lord, be it unto me according to your will, you're going to have to trust me because when you walk out of here and people find out, it could be your life. It could be the end of your engagement. It could be the end of your family. It's the end of your reputation. It could be the end of your life. Are you okay with that? Sit there and say, oh, Mary was like, oh, I'm going to have the baby of Jesus and everything. No, it wasn't. He's literally saying, you're going to have to trust me if you say yes with this. Huh? Are, are you willing to trust God? Do you trust God? Because that was just the beginning. Later on, the Bible, the Bible tells us about God's protection. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, And they departed, and behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream. You know why? Because Herod was going to go kill their baby. And God wakes him up and says, hey, depart, take your family and run the other way. You know why? Because God takes care of those that walk by faith. God has never let me down. God's people need to be more vocal about that. I'll tell you what, I walk by faith and I encounter impossible situations. And I step back and say, God, I don't know how. But I'm going to keep going forward because I know that you're able I know, Lord, that you have a plan, and Lord, I'm going to trust you for the plan. When it doesn't make sense, I'm going to trust you. They they trusted God for his provision, or his um, protection, but they also trusted God for his provision. You can imagine a wife being great with child, and and she's crying, and, and, and Joseph, we've got to do something. And I don't know the timing of how this was exactly. You can imagine not having a place. And we read that and say they, they, they found no room for them in, but they had the baby in the manger and all that other stuff. You know what that was? That was God's provision. And you're going to say, well, it was pretty cool. Let me ask you, if you were great with child having a baby and your husband came up and said, I found a barn for you, baby. How many of you would be like, you are so sweet. I'll tell you, you are a gift from God. I don't think so. I, I, I remember my wife, can I tell one little story? I remember my wife and I. She, she was uh, great with child, and we were having a baby, and we were at the hospital. And I got in deep, deep water just because I had Chipotle delivered to the, to the room, and she couldn't eat. I thought it was just, you know, the hookup from my, my, my friends and did not make her happy. 
Let me tell you guys, when women are in those situations, it's, it's a very sensitive situation. And in this story, you can imagine Joseph coming back and him being hot on the collar going, I don't know what to do. Just be real for a minute. If God entrusted you with one simple thing, and that was as a husband, take care of your wife, and you're sitting there saying, Lord, I can't even find her a place. Lord, are you sure you picked the right guy? Lord, I can't even handle the little things. Imagine as he's running around and having to go back and say, honey, I don't know what to do. I promise. Maybe that last time of just going up and saying, God, whatever you want, it's, it's, it's okay. But I'm going to trust you for whatever you want. Do you know why God provided a manger and a stable for Jesus to be born? Because that's what God wanted. Some of us need to just embrace some of the things that you don't think should be and embrace what God wants it to be. You might not be where or what you want, but if that's what God wants, you you ought to be thanking God for what he put you in. Because you know what? That was the provision of God for his purpose. Every bit of what happened in that manger was pointing to the cross of why he came and what he was there for. And then we get to the end in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. And I know we don't think about this. Mary and Joseph traveling and doing the work of God and raising the Son of God and raising the Savior of the world. The Bible says, and they were coming to the house, they saw the young men. We're talking about the wise men. Mary and his mother and fell down and worshipped him and they opened their treasures. Now, I know at our scenes that we do and we have the three gifts and everybody applauds and all that's so sweet and things like that. Can I tell you what God did? God funded his work. So what are they going to do with gold, frankincense, and myrrh? I, I, I tried to look it up, and I saw all sorts of crazy figures. But let me just put it this way. God hooked them up in that moment. And, and you can imagine getting a knock at the door and saying, who is it? Well, it's, uh, you know, you know we, we, we demonstrate this with this entourage, this caravan, this group, and soldiers and servants, and they were magi, and, and all the things that happened. And, and maybe they were inside praying and saying, Lord, we don't... You've given us this baby, and Lord, you promised to provide, and Lord, we don't know what we're going to do, and we, Lord, we don't even have anybody we can ask for the money, and Lord, we have nowhere to turn to, and we can't even get work right now, and somebody's knocking at the door, and walk, oh, oh, comes in with treasures. He said, that's impossible. Well, let me, let me explain. Nothing's impossible with God. When you step on in faith, and you say, God, I don't know what's going to happen, And obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. You know what God was saying? You have no excuse. Because I take care of every problem you've ever had. I I, I take care of it in ways that you did not think of. I took care of it in ways that you would have never dreamed of. And they stood and worshipped and walked out and left those treasures from the kings to the king. How much do you trust your God? Seriously. Because God will put things in your life to say, do you trust me? Do you trust me with this? Do you trust me with this? Do you trust me with this? Later in the story, Joseph is not mentioned. I don't believe by his character that he is the type of man that would have walked out. When Simeon addressed Mary and Joseph, he turned to Mary and it specifically says in Scripture addressed him. Later on, we find when 12-year-old Jesus in the temple and they left him and came back and Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. That is the last time recorded in Scripture that Jesus is mentioned. 
or that, that uh, Joseph is mentioned with Jesus. We go on to this story, and I take you all the way up to the end of Christ's life when he dies on the cross before he ascends up into heaven. And he's on the cross, and he cries out these words, and he says, Mother, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. And he's talking about John and Jesus. Passing on that responsibility, and there's different theories for that, but passing on, please look after my mother. Please respect this man. He said, what are you saying? Somewhere in the middle of Mary following Jesus, or following Jesus' path for him and raising Jesus, and somewhere along the lines of Mary trusting Jesus, God took her husband. Let me, let me take it a step further than this. Jesus allowed his father to die. You think about it. I thought you said everything was going to be okay. Lord, I, I'm holding or standing next to whatever the age was during that time. The giver of life. And you let my husband die. And this is part of the scripture that we don't get. And the Bible doesn't go into. But we just know that there is the absence of Joseph. We will never make it in life. Until we realize that God makes no mistakes. And the people and the things that are brought into our life belong to God. And God has the right to give, and God has the right to take away. And we sit there and say, well, I, I, I don't want to hear this. If we'd have enough confidence in our God in tough situations like this, it would avoid the bitterness that we carry in our life when God steps in and does things that we do not understand. I can't explain it. Don't ask me to explain it. People come up to me all the time and say, well, God, I I had this and everything was going well and I was serving the Lord and I've had pastors tell me that God took my wife and I had all these crazy situations and here's the thing, I, I don't know. But I do know this, that one day that God says this life is but a vapor that appeared for a little time. This life is short and it is brief and the real life that God has for us is our, our home in heaven and that's what we're living for. Maybe God just does those things to stop and say, what are you living for? Is this life everything? Have you made this life about the things that you want and you do? Or did you realize this life is but a vapor that appeared for a little time and then God takes us home? Just like Jason said, none of us have a promise of tomorrow. But every day we live on this earth, We must live surrendered unto God and walking by faith because that is the only way that we can accomplish the things that God has for us. Just like Jason said, the closer we get to God, the more we're going to understand. But I believe that we have so many distractions in our life that hold us back from truly being used and blessed the way that God wants, especially for us as Americans. We will fight and run over each other to get into a store to rip a TV out of somebody else's hands because it's on sale. And yet we walk into the business of God and put Him on the back burner and not give Him our best and our all and we wonder why we're missing out. You say, God, why? Why did you choose her? 
God says, let me, let me show you something about this woman before she embarked on this journey. I found a woman, a young woman that didn't have anything, but I'll tell you, she had everything that I needed. She had a surrendered heart that was willing to follow me by faith and trust me in my plan. Do you have that? Because if not, you'll never enjoy the blessings of what Mary and Joseph ever had. 